Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the message and may God bless you richly through it. Our first scripture lesson today is from Isaiah 51, verses 1 through 6. Listen to me, you who, are, who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who bore you. For he was but one when I called him, that I might bless him and multiply him. For the Lord comforts Zion. He comforts her waste places and makes her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the voice of song. Give attention to me, my people, and give ear to me, my nation, for a law will go out from me, and I will set my justice for a light to the peoples. My righteousness draws near, my salvation has gone out, and my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands of hope for me, and for my arm they wait. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, and look at the earth beneath. For the heavens vanish like smoke, the earth will wear out like a garment, and they who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will never be dismayed. Here ends our first lesson. The second lesson is from Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, and the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Here ends our lesson. Thanks be to God. I'm not very good at dry land sports. Swimming and to some extent cross-country skiing, but all I ever really got good at. I was a great disappointment to my dad, who had, had been a professional coach and phys ed teacher. My son, had dad got to know him, didn't stick around long enough to do that, would have kind of given dad faith again, because my son's the dry land sports type, I'm not. 
But having been a faculty advisor to the women's soccer team for a while, I, while I was in seminary and one of my kids wanted to play soccer, and like many children's activities, they were short on adult coaches. Go figure. Ask any scout leader. Right now, my son's trying to build a parents' support group for a football team in a high school south here that doesn't have one yet. I'll say yet. So I took on coaching. Now, I took on coaching at a level that's probably appropriate for my abilities as a coach and a soccer player. They were about that high. Okay, these kids couldn't have stood in the pulpit and looked at you. So I discovered quickly that when you get kids that size playing soccer, about all they figured out is let's chase the ball and try to kick it. So when the referee lets go of the ball, here's a herd. They look like a bunch of little sheep nestled together, running around a field. All of a sudden, the ball will squirt out, and the flock will start running toward the ball again. The ball will squirt out another direction. But there's nobody to kick it to because they're all on the ball. I kept saying, triangles, triangles. I tried to teach these little kids geometry. If you spread out and the person who's got the ball kicks it here and runs there, you can make a triangle and probably make a goal. By golly, they did. For one play. Then when the ball came back out, there was the herd again. <laughs> the parents thought I was nuts, so they're on the side were whistling like triangles. Make triangles. Well, I had one little girl on the team. Cute little blonde. I mean, the little blonde ponytails on each side. Just cute as a button. Just couldn't, couldn't have made her cuter. She didn't like kicking the ball. She wanted to be able to use her hands. Because this is a great frustration when I to play soccer that in most of the world is called football for a reason. She wanted to be the keeper. She wanted to be the, the, the goalkeeper. Small problem. She was afraid of the ball with her hands as much as she was with her feet. And if anybody kicked it toward our goal, she formed up like a little pill bug right in the middle, let the ball roll right over. I tried, I tried, I tried. I, all right, we'll put you out in the midfield, dear, because you can run. Cried the tears. And I'm looking at her parents like, I can't do this to the other kids and put her, we understand, Mr. B, we get it. Don't worry about it. I don't know if the little girl ever forgave me, her parents did. Paul reminds us that we're all part of the body of Christ. In another place, he says this, by the way, several times in his writings, and in other places, with Christ as the head. He's the director and thought process. And that each of us are part of the body to serve. He also starts it with a very humbling one, which I say look in God's mirror, not our own, so that we estimate our gifts and our importance to the body in appropriate relevance. None of us think we're too important in any one given role. Because one could look at the church and say, well, let's see. We literally put one guy up here high above the rest. Now we put God's word up there. And the mouthpiece gets to go up there and try to deliver it faithfully. That's all. But you think about church, well, maybe, maybe, it's, the, maybe it's the preacher. Or if the preacher drones you to sleep, maybe it's the choir. 
Maybe it's the organ music that the, the bikers timed everything well except your, your beautiful music during the offertory. But anyway, maybe it's the, the musician. Maybe it's hymns if you love to sing yourself and, and we pick something that at least one of the three appeal to you and the words have meaning and the, the tune is singable on any given Sunday. Maybe it's fellowship time. For some, it used to be potluck suppers and a little advertising in that to try to encourage, to exhort. Heard that in the reading too, didn't you? Paul names a number of different gifts and each is more important. If I had the kids, I was going to ask them, what's more important? Your foot? Your hand? Your eyes? Your ears? None of them work without the lungs and a number of other key parts that God has put together to work together to the good of the body as he puts us together to work to the good of the body. To the giver be generous, he says. To the worker work hard, to the teacher teach faithfully. Exhortation, by the way, is a combination of cheerleader and corrector. It's kind of like the referee with the whistle that says, continue with this, but you know what? We're straying with that. That's an exhorter. It's not a word we use much in modern American English, I guess. Paul used it in his, his writing. But the different parts of church, and I've, I've, had, I've had a person look at me and say, Pastor Dave, not here. Everything I tell is usually somewhere else, okay? Somebody said, Pastor Dave, I've got no place in the church anymore. I used to bake the pies, I used to serve the suppers, I used to teach the kids in Sunday school, I taught them to sing, I taught them to read the Bible, and now I feel like I have no place in the church anymore. I have no gift left. The love, the memories, telling stories, that's part of the gift too. Part of the being here to love and be loved. Every one of us is still always will be a part of the body. And as Paul reminds us, don't think too highly of yourself for one part of another because you can do something bigger, more, better, faster than the other people on the team. Because we certainly needed a goalkeeper and a goalkeeper did not have to run fast. Those up front scoring the goals had to be able to run a lot faster than I could. I was usually a fullback for a reason. I'm big, slow, and could get in the way of people getting to the goal. That was my job, even when I was a skinny teenager. It was the best job for me on a soccer field. But we needed the goalkeeper. We needed the guardians of the goalkeeper. We needed speedy ones up front. Then one game, they let me play midfielder, and I had to run the whole field. Whew. Best night I've ever slept in my life after that one. I wasn't best suited, but I had to do the job because we were short a midfielder that day. Our midfielder would have normally played that, was, I don't know, sick, lame, or lazy, I don't know which, but I had to play it. Sometimes you have to take on a different role to serve the body, always to serve the body. You notice it's always to God's glory, it's not to ours. Paul opened the passage we, we heard this morning with a caution there, don't be shaped to the world. The worldly lusts are for power, 
money to get power, glory to get power. You know, it's a theme here. Not to be shamed of the world. We're not looking for power over others. We're looking for the power of God. The power of God to lift and heal each of us and the ones in whom we come, with whom we come in contact in the ways that God knows best for each one of us. So even when I stray and use a soccer team, even the little squirts, as an example, I use the worldly example. Always to God's will and way, his standards, his glory, his love and forgiveness for one another, his seeking to lift one another up instead of climb over them to get somewhere. And sadly, if you watch the news, uh, the more we focus on structure in church, the bigger the church, the more that can happen. Not reflecting here, just cautioning that each of us in our lives together and in church, we're all members of the same body, equally beloved by God, equally called to love one another, sometimes to bear with one another when we need to, but to be forbearing and forgiving in that. Yeah, we do have to do that, don't we? Doesn't ever happen in choirs, though. Not much. At least did choirs where I've been. Maybe it was me. I'm not picking on the choir. Pick your committee, pick your function, pick any part of the church. Yes, Lord, it's time to say amen. I get it. He's not subtle with me. You've got it by now. We're parts of the same body. We serve one another. We serve the good and glory of the church and of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for having joined us for First Word from First Church. We pray that God has blessed you in some way, in his way, through the message that we have just shared with you. Please join us again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen and amen.